我从来都冇担心过。咁你唔惊我变僵尸噶？唔惊，不过怕啫。属于悲狂的就开始，血债无数之中，追神秘同你复杂。冇事嘅，比文才好得多。亦都要犀利啲。Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise. At the end of each episode, along with our honorary Sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. Do it. <laughs> The crack. It's so good. We decide, oh, we're not drinking cider over here. We decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout out and two bonus episodes every single month, which we are closing up on yeah. nearly two years of episodes here. So there are a lot of episodes waiting if you have not made uh, the jump to Patreon yet. So over many on movies. Patreon.com slash Lizoids podcast. Uh, and speaking of which, this has been a hell of a week. So sorry that I got to kind of rip through some names today, but there are a lot of patrons to shout out this week. So uh, shout out to Lucas Miller, uh, Connor Morgan. Yeah, sharing a <laughs> last name there. Michael. A brother. Uh, Michael Eberhardt, Josh Drilling, not Lenny, specifically not Lenny. <laughs> not Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Menzia, uh, Gnome Fishoff, uh, Hubert Hyatt. Milk. Oh, it's milk. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. It's just milk. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! No, sorry. I was, I was already trying to pre-pronounce his last name. Mike. <laughs> Bilby, or Bilb Taylor. That was awesome. Lee Engelstad. Tim Sharp. Uh, David. Uh, uh, David might be back. I'm not sure how that one worked out. But welcome back again, David. Welcome, uh, David. And hold on. I'm not done yet. Rory T. Donahue. Uh, and Riley James. And wow. I think that that wraps it up. So those are all Thanks, the new guys. patrons. Thanks, as always, for joining us and getting all of those bonus episodes yeah, that you guys awesome. are enjoying. A lot of them have, once again, joined the Discord because uh, cool. you get that when you join up. And we're, we had we had some chats in there. We had some chats in there recently about the Nostalgia Critics Pink Floyd the oh, Wall thing. Fuck. Dude, I couldn't I couldn't watch it. We, I just watched somebody else complain about yeah. it. <laughs> you really you really do have to experience it at some point. It is something else. I did watch it in its entirety and it it blew my mind. I've seen some clips that I gotta say. My It's not great. I don't have much to say. <laughs> Um, so thanks guys for being patrons. The other plug of the week, uh, iTunes, if you guys are listening on iTunes, please go on over there and give us a good old rating and review. Yes, please. Uh, it helps us find new listeners when you guys do that, pops us up on the charts a little bit, helps us, helps us out there. We appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Those are your plugs for the week. Uh, as always, I am your host, Josh Lewis, and joining me is Jamie Miller. Welcome back. Yeah, the other guy who's, you know, usually here, <laughs> always here. here. Yeah, yeah I, we haven't done one without you yet. Not so yet. It hasn't happened yet. We'll figure that, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it, that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that would seem like death or something. <laughs> well, if you ever get pulled on tour, I don't yeah, know what we're going to do at true. that point. We're going to have to record Maybe a Maybe I'll have to backlog. Skype too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, 
But welcome back to another episode. I think two weeks ago would have been the last time you guys, free listeners, would have heard from us. And that would have seen us taking on Hollywood's role in the POW MIA Vietnam conspiracy theory (laughs) uh, alongside Nathan Smith, who wrote an entire article about it in conjunction with the release of a new Rambo film. And we talked Missing in Action 1984 starring Chuck Norris. The one, the only. And then another canon film from the 80s, I think two years later, 86, starring David Carradine. That was POW The Escape. Both films that take the... uh, uh, conspiracy theory that there were Vietnam vets, uh, Americans specifically, being held in bamboo cages after the peace accords of the 70s was signed. And uh, and I will say, POW was better. Yeah, POW, absolutely. The <laughs> Way more, better. The, the better film. Chuck Norris is just a vacuous nothing in that film <laughs> yeah. that, that really uses... Really lacks charisma. Uses the people he supposedly cares about as political pawns <laughs> to prove that he's right, mostly. That's, that smug that, smile at that, the end. That, that's the point of that movie. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't even pretend to actually care about these <laughs> fictional Americans that are being tortured for a second. Oh, my God. Uh, but last week, bonus listeners... We did our first Spooktober horror episode for you guys where we did, which again, for anyone who hasn't been uh, following the show since last year, every October we do a full month of horror episodes. Yes. So we started and kicked that off with sort of a B-movie trash slashers that take, sort of slashers that take place inside of a mall. (laughs) Yeah. We did Chopping Mall, 1986, which had a bunch of sort of short circuit little adorable robots uh, getting struck by lightning and then going around killing a bunch of horny teenagers. Just telling everyone to have a nice day. Yeah, you know exactly. It was a fun time. <laughs> Friend of the show, Barbara Crampton, was in the film. We do love Barbara. Yes, uh, love and Barbara. Sorority Babes uh, in the Slime Bowl Bolorama <laughs> was the paired film with that from with 1988. Drive talking imp or something. Yeah, like one that. of the all timer titles that involves <laughs> a bunch of horny teens breaking into the mall to get to the bowling alley to steal a trophy, which as Jamie already said, has a, uh, a a goblin imp murderer inside of it (laughs) who is really good at winning people bowling tournaments Can't make this stuff up. Uh, and also talks like he's in some sort of like late night comedy club. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, if that interests you at all, patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jamie and I kind of lost our mimes during Sorority yeah. Babes and the Slime it's Bowl Bolorama. I had to say to that title like four times in that segment, and by the fourth time we hit it, I was just like... <laughs> just laughing. Yeah, I just couldn't, get, couldn't get through it. <laughs> but this week, continuing on in our Spooktober marathon of horror-oriented, horror-adjacent cinema... We have brought on a very special guest who brought, I asked to bring with him a sort of deep cut double feature, and he brought on two that I hadn't heard of, and they ended up being perfect for the show, so I'm very excited. And that would be a Mr. Rick Kane. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Welcome to the show. And Rick, as the show goes, we have- Nation. (laughs) Sleeves Nation is right. We have the guests bring the double feature with them. So what two films have you brought with you, and why do they pair together? Well, I brought two films from the great Hong Kong studio Golden Harvest from the 1980s, and both are supernatural horror films 
in which the rules go absolutely out the window. They are Mr. Vampire from 1985, directed by Ricky Lau, and The Seventh Curse, 1986, directed by Lam Nai Choi. Hell yeah. Beautiful. And so, so what, what kind of coheres these two together? Well, other than being made by the same studio around the same time, these are both movies that are, even though they're both horror movies, they're not really scary. They're both <laughs> adventure, kung fu, surreal action films. And the thing that I love about them is they have this just totally shameless desire to please the audience, no matter how little sense it makes. They're just always doing something fun. I feel like that's absolutely a perfect description. And I feel like we are just going to jump right into it. We are going to start chronologically this week. We are going to start with Mr. Vampire 1985. And that was directed by Ricky Lau, I think. So let's jump right into it. All right, we are talking Mr. Vampire, the 1985 Hong Kong comedy horror film directed by Ricky Lau in what I'm to understand is his directorial debut. Oh, wow. So, good for you. Yeah, and Ricky Lau would go on to direct a lot more films in the hopping vampire subgenre. Yeah, I was going to, didn't he have... Which is an entire... He made a sequel to this, right? He made, I think, most of the sequels to this. Oh, okay. How many oh, so sequels are there to this? I honestly don't know, but <laughs> there are a lot of sequels and spinoffs and just other jumping vampire movies trying to get in on the game, which I feel like we have to explain that first off off the bat. Yeah, that they hop the instead of... Vampires hop around like kangaroos. <laughs> yeah. Because these are... These are the Chinese folklore equivalent of the vampire is a creature that is known as the Jiangqi. Yes. Okay. And see, this is this they, is what I was just we were we were just mentioning this, but yeah. So they have their own. This is kind of like their version of this supernatural creature. It's sort of like a zombie, a reanimated body, but yeah. it's so it's it's sort of like a combination of the our, the Western view zombie. of zombies and vampires, yeah, but slapped like, together but with their own sort of like unique twist on that. And they know Kung mm-hmm. Fu. And, and, and you said it was called Jiang Si? And they can't bend their joints because they have rigor mortis. <laughs> oh, so they just right. have to hop. That's why. That's, That's never explained. That's why they hop around. Oh my God. That, yeah, that makes sense. That's hilarious. Gotcha. That's so funny. So, so this, this would just make sense because this is part of sort of like Eastern folklore. So like that—that's why that part doesn't need to be explained to anyone. That would be like them trying to explain to us like what a zombie is. Now we'd be like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. we know it. it fucking that's stumbles around because I—I was very curious as to why they hopped. I thought it was more of a comedic choice. <laughs> like I just thought like, oh, oh, and even to be honest, as it goes, like as it progresses, 
I kind of found it a little creepy because it was just like, what? It's weird. Because I didn't yeah. know. So I was just like, why are you hopping, man? Just walk like a normal vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it seems like the, the genre like specifically uh, addresses the fact that it's like Taoist priests like reanimate the corpses and also like control them. Yeah, like they have spells. They have like an army of, of, yeah. It's really cool. I especially love when they start getting into like some like sword play and they <laughs> and they grab the spells with the sword and try to pin them to the vampires and stuff. Like those elements were really cool. Well, I loved the opening scene of this where I feel like it just immediately sets the tone where like one of the sort of like inept students just like runs out and he's just like, Calling all ghosts and vampires is dinner time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's just, it's sort of like part of the routine of, you know, what the Taoist priests are doing is <laughs> um, bringing in all of these uh, creatures to sort of like take care of them. And also, I mean, it, it seems like the one priest uh, could, learns how to like weaponize them. They're kind of like pets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they're, it's they're, like an after school job as a vampire wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like and there's something inherently comedic about that. And then especially watching them also, you get uh, welcomed into it, watching them also fuck up and like lose track of them. Yeah. So they yeah. start like running around and doing their little dances and squirms and like fucking with people and stuff. And they start slapping these like talismans and, and like runes on them and stuff being like, yeah. No. <laughs> and that leads to some really good like, uh, fight sequences where they're, I think there's one sequence where they're trying to freeze every single vampire. Again. Yeah. That's the opening one. Right. And one guy's trying to actually like kick their ass and the other guy's like, no, just keep freezing them. And you know, it keeps touching their foreheads and stuff. Yeah. It leads to some really good, uh, choreography as well as some, like some, some comedy as well. It's, it's, and I mean, that's really the balance that this, this movie strikes the whole time. So yeah, we'll say despite There's one little gag in that scene that I love, which is when they're putting the little papers with the inscriptions on them to freeze the vampires. And the one guy gets his on while its arms are around his neck. So he has to keep freezing and unfreezing it to get out of its grasp right. before yeah. it's too late. And I feel like that's really just the approach this movie takes to its fight scenes. You just set up a weakness for the vampires. And you have them use it, but it goes wackily wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like how in a Jackie Chan movie when the camera pans over while he's fighting a guy and you just see this big old stepladder just sitting there in the background. <laughs> and you get all excited because it's like, oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> no, that's spot on. That was, my, <laughs> that was my exact note for this film that it, it, felt, it felt like it combines sort of like this horror folklore mm. with sort of like that manic energy and comedy and like sort of like the slapstick, slapstick physical yeah. gags that you would get Tons of that. in a Jackie Chan sort of martial arts Kung Fu film where you would get a lot of like that. And honestly, I kind of went through this film and I was kind of like, man, I wish there was almost more of the martial because the martial arts oh, stuff yeah. I think really is well done. It's and I mean, strong. near some yeah. of the end stuff, like they're pulling out the uh, like the like the pole fighting stuff from like uh, and bodies are like flying from everywhere like classic too. kung fu films and stuff. And yeah, yeah the way that they're doing a lot of cool wire work and stuff. Yeah, and then also I've never seen because I've seen a lot of kung fu films. Like I really love Lao Karlong, and I think mm. that he definitely was a little bit of uh, an inspiration on some of the combat when they get into the finale stuff because they literally use some of his pole fighting stuff from uh, that he uses in like. Uh, uh, eight diagram pole fighters, for example, oh, and stuff yeah. like that, which is yeah. an amazing film. 
And I, well, Lan Ying, the uh, the lead priest, the lead in the movie, he was a contemporary of Bruce Lee. Yes, and he's in a lot of the fight scenes, and I think the Big Boss and a couple of the others. Yeah, and there was a, a couple of the other ones were also in Jackie Chan films. Like it seemed like a lot of the performers and stunt performers in here specifically were people who came from Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan films. So a lot of them were people who oh, you know cool. were either you know sort of extras or stunt choreographers or involved in the fight choreography uh, in general of a lot of those people's films. And I mean, uh, the one guy. He's not a character in the film, but he's the stunt guy mostly who plays the main vampire, the one who especially does the stunt where they light him on fire at the end, which, by the way, they really did that. Oh, wow. Uh, and he's the stunt guy who does that. And I think he's he's YM. And he was in uh, Fist of Fury and Enter the Dragon. He was actually oh, did stunt work on those for yeah. Bruce Lee. Um, so all of the most like crazy dangerous stunts, including a lot of the hopping stuff, which believe it or not, was actually kind of weirdly dangerous in the middle of a fight scene to be well, hopping I could, around. I was going to say like watching the, uh, the big vampire guy, I guess who we were talking yeah. about there, uh, he had to do just some weird moves like, yeah. to make, and to still make it kind of seem powerful, you yeah. know? Cause I mean, the guy can't like, really like physically intimidating while doing a bunny hop. Right. Yeah. Like uh, there's one, I think where like three guys are on him and he just kind of does like a spin and they all fly across the room stuff like that. It was pretty yeah, cool. And it, I, I love watching crashing that, that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I just love yeah. his limp movements when he fights back because again, you're watching Kung Fu and I've seen a lot of Kung Fu movies. So when I'm watching these guys fight. It's so fascinating watching a reanimated corpse do Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> because the physicality is like almost like these weird like lunges and slaps yeah. in like ways that are like clearly he can't have full motor control. So it's not Meanwhile, like he's using everyone muscle. around him is like backflipping and yeah, spinning exactly. over tables. And- exactly. So like watching him even like defend himself, like where he just will like whip his arm around so that it does a block. Yeah. Like it's really yeah. well done and really interesting. And funny too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the, uh, like, uh, for a lot of the runtime of this film, it's, the the majority of this is that there's this, there's this vampire, or I guess, I forget, uh, this Jung this Si that's come back to life, uh, because a wealthy businessman has decided to pull his father out of his grave because he thinks that it's giving him bad luck, the people who buried him incorrectly or something, uh, and they by pulling him out, they sort of like bring him back and then he like kills his own son, which turns him into a vampire. So then they're fighting like two vampires. Yeah. And then there's also a third horny ghost spirit lady. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who kind of gets involved in the plot by mostly just like wanting to get laid seemingly. Yeah, it seems like it. It's she, almost she's like, looking for some sort of romantic passion. I mean, there's one part where she very gracefully lands on the back of a dude's horse or motorcycle. I think he is. He's on. Oh yeah, yeah. or his bike. He's on a bike and then hits her head off the tree, <laughs> which is a really funny gag. Actually, yeah, it's great. When, when she lands on there and she's just like, ah, I am getting a ride, and then immediately like gets clotheslined by a tree branch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seemed like her her whole thing was that she needed to find a lover to escape the ghost kind of body that she had. I think it was mm. something along those lines. Because they, they mentioned... Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? I hate it when that happens. <laughs> it's the worst. We've all been the worst. there. We've all been there. Very, For sure. Very relatable film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that she was... Uh, I, I thought she was an interesting uh, addition to the, to the story, but it felt a little disconnected from the rest of it, although maybe I missed some things just, just 
reading the subtitles. I'm well, no, sure. it, it definitely felt like when I was watching it. felt kind of like just like a subplot. So the, the one guy had some issues he had to deal with a little bit. I liked it, though. Yeah. I thought it still worked within the universe and everything. It's just, uh, it felt just different from the rest of the film. Yeah, I definitely, for, for me, like I did very much enjoy this film, but I did feel the length a little bit on this one. Mm. Um, mostly because there, there's, there's a, and I mean, it's mostly because it is kind of like a, for a lot of its runtime, it kind of is mostly like a comedy. Yeah, a lot uh, of it. Because even even the the horror elements, um, I really didn't find them very scary. No, but th- the thing is, is I I think I don't think they were going for like a lot of this the big scares. I think one moment that kind of worked was the closet moment. Yeah, where they had to like hold their breath so that the vampire right. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. See them, but and I, then, but even that they lead the, to the, some the logistics of how they try to like distract it is still pretty funny. Oh, of course, yeah. When they're I like think, doing the breaths, right? And, but it's it's all on purpose, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't feel like they're. Uh, it doesn't feel like, like doing they're something trying in that. to horrify no, the idea, you, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I even thought that the uh, that one closet sequence with the big vampire, and I think it's there's um, a girl and one of the students, um, and they're just hiding in the in the closet, and it breaks through and all that. Yeah. Now there's plenty of comedy to be had in it, but I thought it was at least uh, suspenseful. You mm. know. So, yeah. Well, there's and, elements. And, and when the one wakes up when the master is in the jail. Oh right. Because right. it's actually physically intimidating in that scene. I mean, there's still like gags in the way that like. A like, lot of kung when, fu movies have physical games. I love when they gags. when they hold their breath for so long, and so the one guy just tickles the one cop <laughs> so that so he goes after him. That was a fucking great gag. <laughs> yeah. Also, just such a great example in that scene of just setting up all these elements for a fight. You have the master wrongly held in jail. You have the comic relief bastard cop who's an absolute lunatic. <laughs> And you have the vampire corpse lying on the table that you just know is going to wake up. And then they all start chasing each other around and they have to distract the vampire or else he'll get to the master in the cell. Yeah. But you can't let him grab you. So you can't hold your breath too long. But And then there's flips. And then there's the gag where the cop says, no matter what, don't let me out of this room. No matter what I say, right before the vampire wakes up. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, you said don't let you out, man. Like, I'm not letting you out. I think there's even that great sequence where the guy opens the door, sees the vampire, and just <laughs> closes, closes it back the on door. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yeah, oh, no, man. there's there's a lot of really great comedy in this. Even in yeah. some of, like, there's some well-written comedy and, like, the dialogue and stuff, too. Yeah, like, there's the scene where uh, I think it's the um, it's the daughter of the rich guy, and she goes into the, the jewelry store, and he thinks that she's a prostitute. And so the misunderstanding is that she's like, oh, no, I love it. I've done this for years. And, it's, yeah, she, she, and she's talking about the makeup the she's ju- trying to oh, purchase. Oh, the makeup, that's what it yeah, is, Yeah, she's right. talking about how she wears makeup, and that's why she's in the makeup <laughs> right. store purchasing so this purchasing whole time, it. he's just, like, shocked. Yeah, he's I just like... Pretty good. What do you mean you've been doing this since you were 12 years old? <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. Well, and, and it leads to there's a great comedy bit where the other guy uh, walks in and he was, I think, just as he realizes what she's been saying the entire time, the other guy comes in and, and they talk about the place that she's going, okay, which is yeah. like a brothel or whatever. Right. Or where, and, and so that's when she figures it out. And he says, and, and she's like, what's that? And he's just like, a whorehouse, and he's like a tea house, mm-hmm. and then and then he goes, and then they they both look at each other, and she's like, "What?" She's just like a restaurant, a brothel. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of sort of like, uh, 
misunderstanding comedy going on in this, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it translates to, to the phys- to the physical comedy as well as like the fight scenes get enabled. I mean, I think Rick was correct when you talk about how they as establish the layers of putting like the guy in the jail and then having people's different motivations because there's the the cop who really wants to get with his cousin, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, We've and, already established that this guy's a bit of a psychopath. Yeah, this so. guy, this guy is something. even. I think he brands somebody in this movie too. Well, yeah, so. he, well, he he threatens to because he fakes him out by putting like this weird like protective layer on top of him, but right. makes him think that he's gonna brand him, and then he's like, okay. "If you don't talk, I'm gonna brand you for real next time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't know. Like, there's 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 also the scene where they do like the sort of like comedic voodoo doll thing on the cop on who is like the wealthy businessman's like nephew i think oh, okay um and they eat like one of his hairs and then they start like slapping the one guy starts slapping himself and then the other guy starts slapping him and then he starts asking him to like undress himself so that and all of this is having an effect on the nephew so that he's basically slapping himself and then <laughs> undressing and exposing himself to his cousin yeah. and then running around like in his underwear basically. And then that's when obviously the wealthy businessman comes down. Uh, and again, it's just, there's, there's like a lot of almost like Looney Tunes, physical comedy to that yeah. where you're running around. <laughs> yeah. I also enjoy just shameless and cat skills. Some of the comedy in this movie gets, and I think my absolute favorite, because it's just completely gratuitous, is there's a scene in the daytime where the cop has finally come around and they're being a vampire. So he's leading his men in expeditions of all of the caves in the province. And they just go running into a cave. And then they go running back out screaming. And then a guy in an obvious gorilla suit just comes out following them. <laughs> and they didn't need to put that in the movie. There's no reason to put that in the movie, but they did, and I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. It made them laugh, so they're like, that's gold. We're throwing it in here. But you've got a gorilla suit. Yeah. You're going to use it. Yeah, it does feel like that. Why why did we we purchase the gorilla suit? (laughs) I don't know, but it's in budget, so we're using it. Yeah, Yeah, by the way, this movie went insanely over budget. This is one thing I did read about this movie, that they they said that they were going to make it for $4.5 or whatever. Uh And then it went up to... They they came back and they were like shit yeah we're not done yet can we get like another two so then it was it went up to six point five and it ended up costing eight point five <laughs> <laughs> and that one they didn't ask for I'm assuming no no that that was just like they needed the extra <laughs> to finish over, to yeah. actually finish it they were like okay well three point five was for gorilla suits yeah <laughs> yeah exactly we, they were <laughs> like we're in really deep now so we just need you to actually finish the film <laughs> yeah. So please oh. fucking finish the film. Another element I liked was um th- when the one student starts to turn. And so the master has him doing all these like incredibly bizarre rituals to try to get him not to turn or it's 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 like not to turn as fast or something like that. Right. So he has him like dancing on a table for hours on end and and he has to like I, I think at one point he's putting on makeup and stuff like it's 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 bizarre and it's just built for you know, mixing those elements of of horror because he's turning into a, a vampire and there I think there's also a a sequence where they're like uh, filing his teeth 
to try to make them normal again. And that was kind of horrific. They, they play it for comedy, of course. But just the thought of, like, you know, you're growing this giant tooth of a, of a vampire and they're trying to file it down in order to get you back to human status. It's just, I, I thought that that was pretty effective. Uh, well, yeah, and he's that. also the one who starts, like, trying to, like, redden up his cheeks and stuff with the makeup and stuff right. and, like, dance yeah. around. He's like, look, I'm not a vampire. Yeah, I'm a normal I'm fucking totally person. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just dancing half naked. That's what we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Th- those elements worked for me a lot. Um, I there's think also a lot of gags involving rice. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was, were, were, were pretty fun. I mean, there, there's one where the guy is trying to rip the guy off and giving him dry rice instead of sticky rice. And then the guy, the underling, fucks up and ends up it's giving him too, too much. Think, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's so many, so many, So many people in, in this movie are just actually just kind of making dumb decisions or miscommunicating with each other. Yeah. Because even... A lot even, of the comedy is just mis- Even the master, the two guys beneath him, like all of this... Like they both just keep messing up all the time. That's that scene is great when he just starts scolding both of them for being so fucking stupid. Yeah. And then he has to save both their asses by like using his all his like sword play and stuff. It's great. Yeah, well there's there's one great gag where when he makes it into the prison where the master is being held and the vampire is just about to wake up and he's talking about he needs the sticky rice so that I guess it's sort of like their version of like a garlic for the vampire almost. Mm-hmm. Like it burns him. Like later in the film we do see uh, one step on sticky rice and it like burns him. Um, and he, he, he tells the guy, you got to bring me the sticky rice. Like that's how we're going to fight the vampire in the center of the room when you come and get me. And he does. And he brings it to him and he gives him a bowl of cooked rice. And he's just like, you can't cook the rice. He's like, what do you like? The, I need the raw sticky rice. <laughs> like you can't just cook it. And then he's, and then he was like, well now what are you going to do? He's like, do I, do I feed it to the vampire? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> it's over, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you messed it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the cut from him being ordered to go to the merchant to get more sticky rice. And it just immediately cuts to the merchant spilling a massive bag of rice. And his wife says, just mix it in with the regular rice. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it takes a little while, I think, personally, to get to the the big climax here. I mean, yeah. there's some good set pieces along the way. Like, I, I do the like first the first half hour is mostly. I mean, there there's one good uh, fight at the at the beginning, and then a lot of it is like comedic character setup. Yeah, um, well, and then well, and then they have this. Once set, they, they start getting those gags, though, like it's like it's like once the cop comes in and they hit the jail and all that. I thought I was just in it. Like, yeah, I like it was the, the, the so jail scene is really good, and it, and it, that really sort of like amplifies the contradiction of kind of sort of like the kung fu film visual vocabulary uh, combined with these kind of like supernatural elements you don't usually associate with that kind of film. Like, yeah. like again, they do some crazy things in Kung Fu movies, especially wire Fu movies, which they do do a little bit of wire Fu in this as well. Yeah. Um, especially with some of the vampires movements and stuff, but like, there's still something unique again about the physicality of the vampires and, and, sure. and the way that the horror elements are kind of infused in that. <laughs> and, and, and also again, that sort of like Jackie Chan's sense of sort of physical humor that comes with that. Um, Even the vampires get a, a good physical gag when, uh, that one can't hop up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he just can't quite muster the height. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. He just gotta push him over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't have the reach, man. Uh, <laughs> 
But I would say that I think the movie is slowed down a bit by the mm. time they get to the stuff that takes place back at the temple. Like when they start getting to the point where they, I think they should be hitting the climax where they're going to fight the vampires because they kill the um, Mr. Yam vampire in the jail scene. And then there's the ghost spirit and then there's the other vampire. And I feel like there's like a half hour of the movie that's kind of or almost that's spent on the getting rid of the ghost spirit. And yeah. then the final 10 minutes, once they've gotten rid of the ghost spirit, is them finally going back to the other vampire. W- like that other yeah. vampire disappears for a large portion of the film. Yeah, I will say that that, that ghost part, although I did enjoy it, like yeah. it worked with that character because he's like, you know, he's like the better looking student. So it makes sense that he'd have this kind of like love affair thing. Yeah, with, it, with it turns ghost. into like a sex comedy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't know that he's having sex with like a half, like her half of her face is gone and her yeah. eyes popping out and stuff <laughs> like that. And he can't see it because she he's entranced i did think it was it was good and i enjoyed all of it it's just i agree with you that it was like just very separate from the rest of the film you know it's it it felt just just like a weird subplot that didn't need to be there well because i would say just in the structure like they kill the one vampire and then it's like a half hour of that and then and then they kill the other vampire like that other vampire just kind of disappears for like a half hour of the film while they're kind of doing that stuff right and then he makes the return and then he and then the finale is great i love the finale finale. actually Um, okay but what did you think of the part where the lady ghost severed head flies around and tries to bite people yeah, no, that part was definitely good, too. Dagger Thank into a lightsaber and throws it at her head, and everything explodes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that shit was awesome. That, see, that's what got me, too, when it was... Because uh, at first, I, I was, like, right there where it was... You know, this is a little bit off the rails. Um, it's not really in line with the rest of the film. At least, uh, tonally it does, but not the, the plotting. Um, but then they started doing that shit where <laughs> she's throwing her own head at the guy, and I was just there for it. Like, I, I'm... You know that's awesome. You you can't deny that that's just fucking incredible. <laughs> oh yeah, and I, I I really liked the line that the one guy gets where he's like, "Wow, so many kisses. She must be one horny ghost." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's a hilarious line in this. Oh yeah, there was one that that you that wrote where you were like, it. "You it horny bitch. <laughs> Do you want to destroy <laughs> Do you me? Want to destroy me?" Yeah. Uh, something I will say uh, that affected the movie a bit for me, although I I still really enjoyed this. Um, the the just the the file that I had the subtitles were like half off and some were missing so I had a bit of like oh, a disorienting you? feeling yeah I feel like I watched the same one as you and I don't think mine did that or no, I, maybe I didn't recognize maybe it. it was my maybe it was my internet or something but mm. I was getting this really big latency between the subtitles and the characters okay so my brain had to be like who just said that when oh you know? interesting yeah. no I didn't have that at all oh okay okay so that was just me <laughs> interesting that was um, just probably the file I had. Very well. This was a very difficult film to find, I will say. <laughs> right? Like, didn't we have to? You yeah, had to we go had on Put Locker or something. Yeah, we had to. We had to hunt this one down a little bit. Actually, Rick's the one who got it for us because I was uh, like, okay. "Dog, I can't find this shit anymore." Delete, delete this. This conversation never happened. It didn't happen. Never no. happened. You're going to. Uh, don't pursue Rick. Pursue us. Plagiarism. Yes. Or wait, no, sorry, not plagiarism. What am I supposed to say? Parody. Parody. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we are kidding about all of this. Don't hunt us down. Uh, I mean, we're in Canada. What can they do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, take Bring us it. down. <laughs> we're just, we're just gonna, do it. we're just, they're gonna dig up some photos of us in blackface somehow. Yeah, yeah, That's what's yeah. Gonna we're, we're about to get canceled, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I've never parody, parody. I've never done blackface. <laughs> Sorry, this is a weird we're tangent dig- that we're, we're digging going on ourselves here. a hole. Here we go. 
Um, but the finale here, I actually think is really, really impressive and really cohered a lot of what the film, because the film is strong for, for a while, especially the jail sequence, I think is like where the film really clicked for me was yeah. in that jail sequence, how it just me combined too. all of the characters that we've seen so far built up in this, all of their kind of like unique personalities and then how that kind of like infects the fight scene and how they deal with the absurdity of their fighting a fucking vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that hops. So, yeah. So, so again, they, it cannot be stressed enough. These vampires hop around. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and the way that they start using like kind of like every tool ar- around them, like the they pull out chairs and they start breaking them over the vampires. They start doing flips off the walls. The hand to hand combats with the vampires. It's are, really fast paced too. It's, it's really fast paced. Yeah. Um, the way that they use the rice to like burn them and how they step on them and they burn their feet. One thing I liked was when they uh, plugged the nose of the vampire so it froze, but then oh, he yeah. sneezed <laughs> and so he was released again. <laughs> uh, they're they, just they're, like their they lore added to such vampires on a vampire. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that's on a, that's honestly one of my favorite parts when the priest returns with his army of like eight vampires that he has control over and he starts ordering them to take down the big vampire and the big vampire like knocks them all over but then they all hop back up and they start fighting and there's a I can't believe the movie ends on a gag where when they light the main one on fire, they accidentally light all the other ones on fire. <laughs> He's like, no, my, my vampires. Clients. Yeah, my clients is yeah. what he says. Which and is that's how f- they end it too, which is like, I, I think that that is a perfect ending for what this film is kind of set up, you know? Like they have the horror elements, you know, a guy is set on fire and dissolves and, yeah. into ash, but then you also have the, the comedic... Uh, the comedic timing of him just going, my clients. Like, he doesn't actually give yeah, a about, shit. Yeah, about all the vampires all that he's wrangled. <laughs> and it just yeah. ends. And yeah, the and moment it, the vampire explodes, it just, the end, no more. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Like, the story's over. The vampire was defeated. Yeah, we done did it, That's folks. all we need. <laughs> and yeah, that... that Shaw Brothers movies end that way, too, where they just, I like, headbutt the final villain and he falls down. It's just, well, that was fun. Yep. I love that, personally. It's yeah, great. I mean, I love Shaw Brothers films, so there's a lot. We haven't done Shaw Brothers yet, and we have to at some point. Again, oh. I've been I've been trying to get us to do That'll be fun. like 36 yeah. Chambers Shaolin or something like right. that at some point. Like, we yeah. really have to. I'd be super down. But yeah, I do think that that stunt, too, where they light him on fire is super impressive, like with the oil, with him like running around and again, still sort of like and hopping around on fire. Also, like trap him in some type of chandelier kind of thing. So it spins a little bit, too. I thought that there was a stunt work there. Yeah, I might have missed that part, actually. Oh, OK. Because like I, I just remember there was a uh, there, he was like encased in some like metal at one point hanging before he was set to flames. But mm. I don't know. That was in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to angle towards the reductive rating around here, which for you, Rick, is the part of the show where we remove all the words, all the nuance, and we reduce the number between a rating between one and five. But it's also kind of turned into like final statements. So if you have any scenes or any sort of closing statements you haven't had a chance to get to, any uh, lines even, uh, (laughs) this is the place to do it. Uh, I think I'm going to let Jamie go first on this one, though. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I, I will say I wasn't sure about it kind of like the first half hour. I liked it. I just didn't know if the, if the tone was going to work for me. 
Um, but as soon as they started to just go for it when it came to the, uh, the, 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 the comedy aspects, the fighting, and although I know that the horror takes a little bit of a backseat because it's not necessarily a scary movie by well, any means. Well, I will say just uh, particularly in the case of in comparison to the film we're about to talk about. Well, yeah, that's true. Which is somehow they, absurd and comedic while also being and violent, incredibly frightening. Yeah, yeah. So this, so this one was definitely more lighthearted. Um, yeah. But I just, I just really enjoyed it. I, I, I thought all of the most of the gags were were funny. I was gut laughing quite a few times. Uh, I thought the choreography for the fighting itself was really uh, exciting as well as as funny, especially when they're versing like the 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 really rigid vampires. Uh, they had some really f- uh, cool camera shots during those sequences where, um, you know, one guy is trying to, to uh, push the vampire forward and, and there's like a nice close-up on the vampire's face and stuff. So there was some, some cool filmmaking aspects to it as well. Uh, I just found myself really entertained. Mm. It just was kind of this like lighthearted uh, uh, kung fu horror comedy. It was just all over the place, but I, I thought that they balanced it pretty well. So yeah, I'm going to give it a four. It's a lower four uh, than what we're about Some to talk ones. about. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I still, I still really liked it. I couldn't give it the three. Cool. Well, I think I'm angling a little bit closer to the high three on this one. I did cool. enjoy myself with this one. Um, I did find that the lightness kind of made me uh, sort of like not latch on to it as much as others. And I think yeah. one issue is just that I've, I've seen too many Kung Fu movies, so I wasn't as <laughs> impressed with some of the combat as oh, I was yeah, it's in like, not the best I've seen. Cause I was just, just like with, 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 and I mean, I do love the I unique love the blend. I mean, I, I think that like they did a really good job of blending the sort of like Jackie Chan sense of Kung Fu character comedy alongside these kind of like horror folklore elements. And I think that it does that really, really well. I mean, I especially loved how it translates to the physicality of the vampires. I think that was my favorite part was watching when these fight scenes do break out. Um, the, the way that again, the vampires just kind of like swing their bodies around. And again, their physicality is just different than the, like the human characters. Yeah. I, I found that like really, really rewarding how it kind of blends those fantastical elements with Kung Fu stuff, which is already kind of over the top right. uh, when you're yeah. watching them anyway, especially wire Fu stuff. So, um, but I, I, I did kind of go through parts of this film where I was like, man, the Kung Fu films that I love just have a lot more fighting than this film has. And I think that yeah. this one just spent a lot more time on some of the sort of like dialogue comedy, which a lot of it did work too. I just, I did feel a little bit kind of like, I wish there was a little bit more of the Kung Fu and yeah. a little bit more, uh, of some more horror elements. I thought they might've even gotten a little bit wilder with the finale. Although I do got to say maybe even more of like that lady's head popping off and running around trying to bite people. Well, maybe that, some more fantastical elements maybe, like that. It, and, and to that point, I think that it would have helped her little subplot too. If mm. she was just, if there were more moments like that where she was kind of over the top and, and you were just like, cause I mean, to take off your own head and throw it at somebody, that's fucking, that's badass. That's right metal there. as fuck, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's for very sure. metal. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, so I, I think that the action is well done. It's acrobatic, like it's, it, it's athletic, uh, and it's very funny. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and I, and I think that also the sort of like the fantasy elements work too, and the comedy's pretty funny, but for some reason I just kind of left this movie and I felt like in the back half, it just, I felt like a little bit dragged by it, and then I kind of got won over again with the finale, so that's why I'm going to... For sure. Uh, go with the higher three on it. Uh, but for you, Rick, 
Uh, I'm going to go with the four. And for me, it would be a, a pretty high four. I just, I love the tone. I love the weird corny shtick <laughs> and the way it blends with the Kung Fu and the way that blends with the weird mystical folklore aspects. Yeah. It's just a really fun time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I would agree. And it's unique. I don't think I've ever seen anyone else try something like this, like merging yeah, for real. <laughs> two genres in that way, in in a way that's kind of like that seamless. Yeah, yeah. Because again, sure. the way that well, they... They wound, up, they wound up making a lot of these, and uh, I haven't seen a lot of the sequels and spinoffs, but one that I have that I can recommend is called Magic Cop, which is kind of the police story of the franchise. It's okay. the same actors playing the same kinds of characters, but it's modern day. And it's about a, a retired detective turned Taoist priest <laughs> who has to take down a drug trafficking ring run by a witch that is using zombies. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. That I'm sold. awesome. <laughs> I'm there for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely on that little watch list. Yeah, no, I think I think especially that there there is sort of like a phantasmagorical quality to this too, just on a tone level because yeah. it's so ridiculous. Um, yeah, and it, it, I I think I might be underrating just how ridiculous it is from like the very first moment of the film. Like again, it just kind of welcomes you into this world, and it's so absurd, but somehow the movie actually manages to make it work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and a good-looking film too, because I mean, the I wish I could see it a little better. Ghost Woman, we the shot where the ghost woman shows up for the first time is really just a great, enchanting shot on oh, a yeah. low budget. Like with the fog in the forest, fogs her head on the tree even funnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Blue Blu-ray sure. when, in my opinion, that's the question. <laughs> oh, like when? It, when would one be released? Yeah, no, I like yeah, like when? It. When is someone gonna pay to get one done? So That's that we the thing. Can see Both of way. these movies, I really want to see, and it's like full quality. So someone oh, hunt yeah. down a print. Someone do someone a, do a two K transfer. Let's see it. Do it for us, for your boys. <laughs> but speaking of which, I think that will wrap it up there for Mister Vampire. We're gonna be right back and definitely stick around for this one because we are oh, gonna yeah. be talking about. A movie that will probably break our brains as we're doing this. We're going to be talking about The Seventh Curse. We are back and we are talking The Seventh Curse, a 1986 Hong Kong described as a dark fantasy adventure film. I would definitely say sure. horror as well. Yeah, uh, they're not saying horror there. I will say horror because I was horrified by this movie. I think so. Uh, directed by, ooh, I might need help with this one, Rick. Lam Nae K? Um, sounds more accurate than what I said. Okay. This is the same director who did Story of Ricky, a.k.a. Ricky O, which for those of you who haven't seen that one, it's about a guy named Ricky who's so strong that when he punches people, they explode. <laughs> That's the entire movie. Hell right, hold yeah. On. I'm just adding that to the watch so list right now. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and add that. <laughs> That's awesome. So that movie is just 
one thing over and over again. This movie is everything. This movie yeah, like has so many points. <laughs> the only way we're going to get through this is to just try to describe everything that happens roughly in order until people don't believe us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds right because I wrote down so many reference points for the stuff that's happening in this that I eventually had to stop keeping track yeah, because I was like, how many things can you combine in single scenes in like this pulp pop like remix that it, 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 it blew my mind because a lot reading up on other people, a lot of people compare this obviously to uh, Temple of Doom Okay. Indiana Jones, Alien. Uh, there is a tiny bit of Rambo in here with the <laughs> Viet Cong like tunnel action. Yeah, like like there's when they start like shotgunning and bow and bow and arrowing people. Yeah, it's it, it's it's actually it also just opens with hard boiled early in yeah. a movie that has Chow Yun Fat in it. Yeah, yeah. like that's and related to the rest of the movie, it just starts with hard boiled. <laughs> yeah, like it like it starts off as what I thought would be like some sort of like police procedural where there's this doctor, he goes in and he's he's invited in, Dr. Yan, he's invited in to help solve some sort of hostage situation. Um Oh, yeah. and we have to we're already ahead of ourselves because we have to talk about the frame story. Oh yeah. Because the frame story is just the characters in this movie are sitting with Someone who is apparently the actual real life author of the book series that this is drawn from. <laughs> which is that the dude like, drinking whiskey? Is that the is dude drinking just, whiskey surrounded by yeah, beautiful women? Just hanging out, drinking whiskey with the contestants from Ms. China. Right, right. And then one of them says, Ooh, tell me the story about the seventh curse. <laughs> <laughs> So so and 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 it, and it even ends with them kind of cheersing in that place. So is it implying that like they're they're living out the that story? Story was being told to models. <laughs> <laughs> right. When and you get to the karate skeleton and the baby murder machine, please keep in mind they're telling this to a room full of supermodels. What is the vibe in that room? <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! I never even thought of that. Yeah, and and there's also a point where he starts telling a story inside the story, right? Where then they go back and do flashbacks and stuff like that. It so it's very it's, meta. Just, it's it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. But yeah, and 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 it begins what looks like a police procedural where it's just kind of like there's a little bit of like that kind of like excessive like '80s American action film kind of like action going on. Yeah. With a little bit of, of of John Woo in there, but this would kind of this was before John Woo's like gun fu stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it kind of predates that because he he didn't do the killer and think until eighty nine with Chow Yun Fat. So it was actually really awesome to see Chow Yun Fat in something um sort of like before that, especially doing the things that he would do yeah. in John Woo films, which is you know, he doesn't have a lot to do in this movie. But the things that yeah, he would do in out, he's only here for ten minutes. Nine of which he spends smoking a pipe. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just it. I was just kind of like, if there's anything that Chow Yun-Fat would do in a John Woo film, it would be smoking and firing a rocket launcher. Yeah. So it absolutely makes sense that those are the they two things. utilized him perfectly. Yeah. And I'm, I, I love to see it. I love to see Chow Yun-Fat. Uh, we still haven't done. We have to do the killer. We really yes. do. We have to do some more Chow Yun-Fat. Uh, absolutely. Um, been meaning to get to him for a while. Um, 
but it's clear that these this Dr. Yen is very clearly modeled after, you know, sort of like Indiana Jones in his sense of that. Like he has that kind of like unique sense of travel and worldliness. He even seems to brag about his collection of like tribal artifacts. Yeah. And he has a uniquely uh, combat capable uh, persona yeah. for someone who should just be a doctor. Doctor, yeah. Because well, that was actually the first thing I found like confusing until they they let you know. Because when beginning- he's doing CPR and then he starts beating the shit out of the right, guys. I was like, oh God, I thought, I thought he was <laughs> a doctor. He never uses medical knowledge in this movie. I don't think. Do you remember that ever coming into play? <laughs> yeah. There's there's one moment when he's doing CPR and he tells the girl to grab him. Uh, some sort of device from the bag who's yeah. faking being a nurse. Right. And when she pulls out the wrong item, he's like, stop joking. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's asking to like, you know, he's, he's, he's asking for some sort of medical device to help the hostage out who's in there. But after that point, which again is the first like three minutes of the movie, just a pure action star. <laughs> no. Yeah. He just starts doing Kung Fu on everyone yep. instead. Uh, and the action in this is actually kind of insane. Oh, it's fucking like nuts. some of the Kung Fu stuff. in this is actually uh, great. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty insane stuff that they pull off in this and the speed of it and the rhythm of it. It's very well done. And um, I love obviously like the wire foo elements. There's a lot of like bodies yeah. flying everywhere and it's, it's great. Even, even when it's not kind of the supernatural elements, there's a yeah. lot like, especially when they start, uh, there, there's a sequence where they're like raiding the, the temple or whatever. And they're just shotgunning people and like bow and arrowing, and these bodies are just flying <laughs> after each shot. It's it's unreal. Yeah, I was also glad to see Maggie Chung in this movie. Oh, she she's is? awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which is she the uh, the journalist? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's Chow because she, she she's Chow Yun Fat's cousin, I think, in the film. Oh, all right. Yeah, but she's yeah, awesome. I was like, you know, obviously from she's from the police story films with Jackie Chan, but she's also in like uh, Wong Kar Wai films, like In the Mood for Love and Ashes of Time, and mm-hmm. she was even in Jang Yimou's Hero. So like, she's like an all timer. Um, Hong Kong actress so to see her in here as well she doesn't get a whole lot to do I mean even Chow Yun-Fat for his 10 minutes like he gets to smoke a pipe and fire a rocket launcher which is like if you're gonna have 10 minutes in a film that's the I feel like that's the ideal 10 minutes you would want in a film it really is interesting to see like the two people we recognize the most do the smallest role in the in this film in a way yeah we're just used to them having the meaty I mean I mean Chow Yun-Fat is even the top credit on the film (laughs) (laughs) For smoking a pipe, <laughs> which is just—it's just king shit at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but the general story is that there is some. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is where we're gonna start breaking it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be here all night. Yeah. Okay. So having this seventy-minute movie, we're yeah. going to be here all night. <laughs> so. Okay. Here we go. So there's this guy, and he's cursed. Okay, this doctor guy. He's a doctor who's really good at fighting, but he's also cursed, and. One day after he, uh, you know, goes through this hostage situation and he does, he nails it. He absolutely, he saves those hostages, sort of. I don't, I actually don't think he saves that guy he intended to save. He just beats up everyone and helps them explode the bad guys. So like, yeah. win, win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a win in a Kung Fu Yeah. Movie. For a doctor, that's of course how you win. Um, <laughs> and then he goes home and he gets attacked in the middle of the night by this guy who just breaks in <laughs> goes by black dragon. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
Well, first he thinks there's an intruder, but it turns out it's actually just a sexy lady. <laughs> and then the actual intruder jumps out and attacks him. Right. Right. And the whole thing is done with a vibe from him like this happens all the time. <laughs> Both of these things. Yeah. He's just like, come on. <laughs> trying to go to sleep. <laughs> But the guy tells him about this blood curse that he picked up in Thailand and that he's had for a year, and that if he doesn't return... He doesn't remember it first. Yeah, for some reason... He has to jog his memory, which is astonishing when we get that flashback. Yeah, well, because he tells the story... Again, This whole the whole movie is framed as a story to the models, and then in the movie, the guy's like, yeah, dude, you're gonna die. Like, you have a curse, and you have to come back, and we need to address this before you relapse and die. And he's like, what? And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, he's telling the story where it makes, I mean, not perfect sense, but it makes some sense of, it's like, how do you not remember the experience of you going into some, like, Conan the Barbarian, Temple of Doom level shit in Thailand, in northern Thailand, Yeah, where you interacted with, one, a demon fetus. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty memorable, I'd argue. Two. Uh, an ancient kung fu fighting skeleton with glowing eyes who likes to rip out spines and and lick them. Probably more memorable, I yeah. argue. <laughs> uh, by the way, the demon fetus looks like a combination of the baby from It's Alive as well as uh, a xenomorph of some sort. Yep. Yep. Um, it just like puppet. screams and flies at people. <laughs> it's fucking. Uh, it, it, it's terrifying. It is chewing into it dudes. Also get the best. It's responsible for probably the greatest subtitles I've ever read in my life, where uh, the doctor just asked Black Dragon, little ghost spell, and he says, yes, it's made of 100 children's blood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and, and its goal seems to be to get blood out of people as it's chewing into people's necks and it's spurting everywhere. We just, next week we have an episode coming up on Lucio Fulci, and let me tell you, we dug into Lucio Fulci for the first time, and watching this, I was somehow reminded of Lucio Fulci watching some of the gore in this film because yeah, it is so. For sure. Now it, it doesn't quite hold on it long enough to be real Fulci. Yeah, yeah. But the level of gore is absurd. Yeah, it's just it's there's so much blood, like an appalling amount. Just spurting blood everywhere. These genuinely creepy creature designs, and even the stylized like lighting and shadows in it is like yeah. uh, very creepy. I found this one like genuinely scary, even while it was like being super absurd. Like yeah. this, this, I, this definitely has like some. I mean, I don't know if it's comedy, but it, I guess it's just so absurd that at times you're you're kind of just like you have to laugh. Yeah, at it. yeah, exactly. Like, like the, the, I would say that the tone isn't really comedy, right. but like the result sometimes is comedy because you it's know. just so over the top and in your face <laughs> and you know that they're not taking it like that seriously, at least in, in tone. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. like dramatic or anything like that. There's, there's consequences and there's, and there's deaths and stuff, but it never felt, um, it never felt really serious like a, uh, Fulci film. Well, there, there like was that. one death that actually... I took, but maybe it was because it was just so grotesque. I had to, but the one where the dude gets that thick liquid poured on him, which is straight out of like the beyond when that dude gets the acid poured on him. For sure. Uh, 
and he starts ripping his own face off because it's so uh, like irritating. Right. And then he starts ripping his abdomen open, which exposes all of these like guts and maggots and worms yeah. and everything maggots. inside of him. We got another yeah. Fulci movie. Yeah, so like that's just straight up a Fulci reference pretty much. And, you know, so to have that, which is like full-blown like Italian cannibal horror shit yeah. alongside like what is sort of – is I would say like kind of like a Western adventure story almost right. where like, yeah. you know, it does feel Indiana Jones where like he goes where to he fights the karate skeleton. Yeah. Where he fights the karate skeleton. He's fighting a karate skeleton because they're going to sacrifice a babe in a wet t-shirt to the worm tribe. And then when the skeleton starts to lose the fight, it shapeshifts into the alien from alien. <laughs> yes, and then it goes like full creature feature on top of being a supernatural kung fu horror film. Yeah. Which is like, just come on. That's so insane. It's insane that this exists. It is. I like I I was I honestly felt like my my brain was bleeding while I was watching like like I thought I was going insane. I was like there's no way that this is happening. How did this do when it came out? Does anybody know? Oh shit, I have no idea. Not sure. Rick, what I about don't you? know. Not sure, because I'm just a, like I don't know how no. people would take this on, on the on the day that it came out. You know, it was 1980s. Like, holy shit. Yeah, there, I'm I'm looking up now. There's no info on its budget or box office or any sort of like reception or anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, very. A lot of people react to it. Well, the world. Yep. But I found that this, like, like again, it takes all of these different elements. Again, we have, like, Fulci. We have, like, Conan. We have, like, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Again, when we get into some of the – we have we do have a little bit – I'd say even more what closely resembles what Lau Kar Lung was doing in some of his kung fu films um, with some of the actual kung fu action, like the set piece that takes place inside the house. It almost reminded me of that house set piece from um, Drunken Master 2. Oh yeah, when yeah. there, but it, except the house is kind of like crumbling and falling apart, and but the, sure. but the combat in it is absolutely insane when they're doing that, and then they have a crazier one where they're swinging on vines and like they're on top that of a giant statue inside of the cave. That's where I was getting confused because I was thinking the guy had a had a whip, but you're right, it's vines. That no, they're they're, they're vines yeah. inside. But, but that would have just added the whole. But Indiana also Jones inside the again. cave. Yeah, <laughs> one of the most dangerous for real looking fight scenes. I've ever I, seen. I was going to say, like, because they, they're elevated, right? Every yeah. time somebody kicks, somebody's jumping off that fucking statue. And it, it was, yeah, it, it genuinely looked uh, pretty. Well, at one point, the risky. one guy falls with three of them, and two of them you see smash the ground while he pulls out a grapple gun some, out of yeah. nowhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and fucking, like, Batman's his way back up there. And, fucking and, and even before that, the, the action, when they're in the early cave tunnel stuff, like, it looks like Viet Cong, like, Rambo action. Oh, yeah, they're just running in, shotguns, bow and arrows, it's crazy. Well, and and, and also, in the kung fu fight, someone will just pull out, like, a gun and shoot yeah. someone, which I've never seen in a kung fu film, because most of the time when you're watching kung fu film, you're watching period dramas of some right. sort. I actually had that thought, because I know that there's a couple moments on the statue where, and like, these guys are unarmed, and he just takes out the gun and pops them. Yeah. And most of the time in other kung fu movies I've watched... And by the way, they, they're, they're monks. Now, they are they, yeah. they are. Monks. They're evil now. Yeah, I was gonna say they are monks. <laughs> for, like they're just shooting like for the evil worm child sacrifice tribe. Yeah, 
but yeah. it is weird to but watch weird like people fight monks and then the time, blow their brains out with a gun. Right. And, and most of the time you think of that as like, it's dishonorable, right? Yeah. There was, there's honor in the hand to hand combat. There's not much honor in taking out a gun and popping a guy in the face who also doesn't have a gun. But I don't know. Well, I, I mean, by the care. time the baby sacrificing machine shows up, <laughs> yeah. I think honor kind of becomes out of the question. I, you know what? That's, That's a solid one of my point. favorite things in the film, the baby sacrifice machine, because no. they're just literally hanging children down an assembly line and just dropping them in a hole in the ground and, and I, blood comes out the other end. And, and they're and, crushing and the, the crush. two stones <laughs> together. Two stones. <laughs> it's like so, it's just so simple the way it goes. You just watch the child be dropped and then crush <laughs> it's insane it's so matter of fact and, and i guess and, that's kind of like and the that, blood uh, popping out of it yeah, yeah and that's kind of another like conan element too or yeah, even or conan. even if we were gonna go there uh the beast hunter or the beast master <laughs> with the sacrificing of the kids or whatever yeah except this one is somehow even more grotesque just because of oh, the yeah. image of you don't even see like you see the kid drop down and then you see a separate shot of the two stones crushing and blood Which coming blood out through everywhere. the middle yeah. yeah and and your brain does enough to to put that together yeah, no, that shit is like genuinely. It's it. It's I couldn't believe it. It's pretty goddamn wild. Like they're going so many places. Like the the once again the film, although is horrific at times, the tone is still so bizarre. So when you see something so violent like that, you're I, just like like you're just shocked. Yeah, you're almost less horrified and it's just a, like can't a, believe you put this in the movie. I found this a genuinely shocking, mostly just because it, it's like merging like five or six different like visual vocabularies of films yeah. that we know of like action films of adventure stories of horror films of creature features Fantasy, of, yeah. of yeah and then and then full out like full gore like it's just <laughs> yeah. like it's like there's six we're, or seven guys different ripping open their own kinds stomachs. of films happening and the way that this transitions between them from like moment to moment like you know again you'll be in the middle of a kung fu fight and then someone will throw a grenade in and you're and, yeah. and like your brain will just go there's no grenades in kung fu films fuck you yeah exactly <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly uh, and I found that just like completely thrilling. Like I found that like beginning to end, like just that, that constant like contradiction of visual elements and <laughs> my knowledge of them and the way that it weaponizes that kind of like against me where again, you know, you'll see vines and grapple guns and you'll see, they even have a montage of them setting up their weaponry and stuff. Yes. Just like an action movie. Yeah. And then it cuts like hard cut to them just in a Jeep. Just going after the temple. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a. Oh, it's we a, have to talk about the jeep stun. The, the jeep <laughs> where where it rides up that a, temple. Yeah, there's a stun in the movie where they they jump a jeep and drive it into a crowd of people, and one of the tribesmen gets hit. And you're probably thinking now, oh, that's a cool stun. No. One of the stuntmen just got hit by the car, <laughs> and it's shit. very obviously not a stunt. And not only did they leave it in the movie, they show it in slow motion. <laughs> They're like, look, you may have gotten injured, but we're going to use the hell out of it. You're going to look great. Well, yeah. That, I, it was very cool. Uh, yeah. Completely immoral, but in their defense, it looks very cool. Well, yeah, it, well, very it, it, it would depend on if they, if they, hopefully he survived it and they got permission from him, but it's actually yeah. a, a kind of like an unwritten I rule. I looked online. I have tried to get an answer 
There's no answer. I no, he, could, he, could, he could have just died. No. He's alive. Well, <laughs> just well, so we like these filmmakers more. Yeah, we'll say he's alive for now. But there isn't. It's funny. There isn't unwritten. For now. <laughs> we'll do an update sometime. I like to think that if he had actually died, they would have had the good taste to leave it out of the yeah, film. I think, of, yeah, I think so. Or yeah. to say I associate with the seventh curse, it's good taste. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. because there's... there. <laughs> There is an unwritten rule like among stunt people that if someone does get injured in a take it's, that that they they try to use it so that like it wasn't oh, that makes sense. so that it wasn't like kind of like an in vain injury like right. like if that is the take. Well, see that's how I'd sell it to them. <laughs> yeah, so like that's that's like it is like stunt people do consider that like kind of like an unwritten rule between people that like if the take is usable and it's the, and preferable, hopefully it is the best because yeah. they did it for fucking real. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that you you do end up using it, and a lot of people do end up doing that. But yeah, obviously, if if he died and they couldn't get his permission to do that, I feel like most of the time when they do this, they're like, "Hey, man, please, we we want to use your thing because you know we feel really bad that you put your body on the line to get and that shot." And you look super badass while yeah, you did it. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and then they drive that Jeep though up the temple, which again is another thing that just fucks with you because I'm sitting here going, okay, this is like a Conan the Barbarian-esque like snake tribe yeah, temple they motherfuckers. They even have like that priest leader kind of yep. guy, you know, he's, he's similar to the other things we've seen in Conan. Yeah, and it's that. like James Earl Jones' character in right, Conan the Barbarian. Right. Yeah, so that's what it, it struck me as. And then they drive the Jeep up the temple stairs and I was like, <laughs> there's no fucking Jeep in one of these like ancient <laughs> temple stories. Fuck you. Yep. So like, just again, every single, I felt like every scene there was something like this happening where it was merging elements in ways I hadn't seen before and my brain kind of rejected but at the same time, it was like it was so shocking and thrilling yeah. and engaging at the same time. So, yeah. like, I mean, especially when that dude, when the one monster who is a xenomorph just morphs <laughs> into half Rodan and starts like flying around and terrorizing them and picking them up and dropping them. And then he starts like crushing skulls and ripping necks and spines out and he's flying around and doing this. I even like that that the, the, uh, the, the leader of the. The, the temple or whatever like would hold one of those babies in his robes and like <laughs> unleash it or whatever yeah, the that was interesting or whatever. yeah he's like look at what i have and then you're just like what the <laughs> fuck is that thing oh it's, it's well yeah because, the, because this ends on a creature feature battle between the oh, demon yeah. fetus and the xenomorph rodan and it's just some real bonkers chow yun fat retrained the baby ghost off-screen. <laughs> <laughs> he was just smoking a pipe. I, I'm imagining an entire training montage. Yes. Where he's smoking his pipe. It's like straight out of... Uh, what's you a, got to give it your all. <laughs> a little bit of that, but then also a little bit of the training montage in Drunken Master with Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where Chow Yun-Fast just sitting there with his pipe, just being like, nah, you're, you're a fuck-up. <laughs> Get it right. Do it better this time. Master your craft. And then, yeah, they have this huge set piece in the cave with this statue head that's fallen down and acts briefly as, like, the boulder scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then there's, like, this deep green and purple lighting. Yeah, where they had him, like, right real close to death, just pinned up against the thing. I thought that was pretty effective. Yeah, and and the the deep green and purple lighting is super stylized on this. There's blood everywhere. I genuinely felt watching, like... Again, sort of like a xenomorph fight a demon fetus that looks straight out of like the It's Alive Larry Cohen baby uh, killer baby movie. So I was sitting here going, this is like, and then a little bit of Fulci. So I'm sitting here going like, this is like if three different 
horror filmmakers that I love made a mashup remix movie where they were all just like smashing together like action figures. And then yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere, Chow Yun Fat comes in with a fucking bazooka and hits it not just once, hits it fucking twice. And the second time, there are four different shots of it chunking, exploding yeah. everywhere on yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible. And then, again, the moment it blows up, it just cuts to them back at the party and just a freeze frame out of a whiskey ad while yeah. all of the bass like, clap. And that yeah. was the story. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> you can't just wrap it up like that. Let's circle back to the demon fetus and let's <laughs> yeah, like, what, what happened to those children? Yeah. <laughs> Are they brilliant? Okay? Still what was it. with the worms? Those were weird. <laughs> yeah, were really, you're right. They were weird. Why do they worship worms? Look, I don't know what to tell you. We clinked our whiskey glasses. The story's over. <laughs> Apparently, there's an alternate version of this where it ends on them setting up sequels. Oh, really? Where they said that was just one story for Dr. Yen, like Indiana Jones. See, like they I, were going to be like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do you know what's weird? My file actually had a title that was uh, Dr. Yen and Wisely. So it made it feel like it was uh, like an adventure duo that yeah. was going to have a bunch of adventures. And I would fucking love to just see a series of these guys go on these crazy ass adventures. It would be amazing. No, this is like a like a, a bonkers film that I'm surprised actually more people haven't seen. Yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. It And it, at like an hour and 17 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, this has less than a thousand people have logged this on Letterboxd. Yeah, that's crazy. It's so fucking good. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, I got to say, I I I love this one, and I, and I yeah. hope you guys are still with us, and you like, yeah. you're losing your minds. I know too. we're probably all over the place a little bit, but you have to watch the movie to understand why. Yeah, like it's it, just, it really is a movie that you need to see. Yeah, because I I still don't we're not believe lying it. About kind of talking of the crazy about it. shit that we've said, <laughs> you know, like no exaggerations. All of this is in the film. No, this is exactly <laughs> how it goes. And and angling towards the reductive rating round, this gets. I think this gets the high four for me. I had an yeah, absolute I'm, fucking blast. With I'm this right movie. there with you. Like I I thought that this had just like a total nonsense, like propulsive energy to it. Yep. And it was kind of like again six different styles of films from like Fulci gore to Kung Fu to supernatural horror to creature feature to like Indiana Jones style, like adventure stories to like excessive eighties action movies, like straight out of fucking a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. And the way that it Hell combines yeah. every single one of these, I mean, I've, somehow, I somehow, I don't know if seamlessly, I was, is the I was word. just going to say that I don't think seamlessly is the word, but, but I think that there's pleasures in seeing the seams. Yeah. Is how I would describe it. Like, yeah. like, like I think that like, way to put it. there's something unique that I've never seen about this because of that. And, and a good way that it's remixed into like this fantasy pulp just, it just keeps going. I mean, the, the pacing of this film is unbelievable. It's never ending. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fucking like 75 minutes or something. Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> it's a, a breezy film in that regard. Yeah. And it and will destroy your brain. Like, but. like, like front to back. Genuinely, I would call this like a face melter. Like it was like, I was genuinely shocked. Like once every five minutes in this movie. Yeah. At yeah. least. Yeah. <laughs> if not like three, for three different you. reasons in the same, you know, two seconds because of an action that happens where yeah. like, like the second, you're introduced to these elements like the demon fetus and the xenomorph rodan and you're given like three seconds to adjust to oh this is the reality of the film now right this thing is just ripping people's necks out and, you and start, crushing their skulls in and you just and, and the movie starts in like a mansion with a dude just drinking whiskey and somehow it gets to this 
Yep. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. How'd you get there? That's actually like the only part in the film that's even somewhat normal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like really, it's just, let me tell you a story. And then from then on, it's just batshit insanity. Yep. And I loved it. And when Josh says the monster is the xenomorph, he's not kidding. It just looks like they had an alien costume just lying around. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yep, no, for they just sure. straight up use it. Like, oh, it's a monster that has kind of a similar shape. No, it's the xenomorph. <laughs> just the xenomorph. Right. That, again, the ancient karate skeleton with glowing eyes turns into, into that. <laughs> Like 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 this movie's we, insane. we we can't stress enough that there is an entire set piece where they just do kung fu against a skeleton for a little while. Oh yeah, and then at one point it lends it has like a five foot long tongue come out and it starts like licking the spinal fluid out of a guy. Oh yeah, and I was like, okay, all right, we're going here now. I've never seen that before, but okay, thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, and then again, there's ten minutes in this where Chow Yun Fat is just you know smirking, smoking a pipe. And then coming in and saving the day with a double bazooka shot. <laughs> double bazooka <laughs> shot. <laughs> the second of which blows up this motherfucker entirely. Yeah, oh, no, it's an absolute. I love it when the lead is just telling his story about going to an island and fighting the skeleton and seeing the worm tribe. And when it cuts back to them in the present, Chow Yun Fat's just smoking his pipe and playing indoor golf in his room. And he's like, huh, sounds like you have the seventh curse. <laughs> Crazy. Very normal story, my guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I don't have much to add. I, I'm going to give it a the high four as well. Um, this movie is just straight up one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Somehow it works. Uh, I would just say take the 75, 80 minutes of your day and, and watch this because yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Well, because you would think, again, describing it, you would think that this doesn't work, but somehow I, it does. Right. <laughs> describing it as we've been doing, I, I almost like, want to re- rewatch it to be like, did it make any fucking sense? Like, it's bad shit to me right now. So, yeah, just, just watch it because it's, it's worth it for sure. Absolutely. For you, Rick. Um, unrankable. Nice. Nice. 10, nice. 10 out five. of five. <laughs> 10 out of five. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Honestly, probably, probably a four uh, could be bumped up to a five if I can see that stuntman holding up today's newspaper. <laughs> yeah, there, you, there you go. <laughs> we Send can us a get photograph. to the five if he survived. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there. If that guy survived, I'll give it a five. Yeah, I, t- today's newspaper, please. We want to uh, see it in the photograph. That's so funny. Yeah, someone should ask. I mean, we it, need to it, investigate. It, it looks like this guy uh, didn't go on to do a whole lot like after this film. Like it seemed like he did a couple more in the '90s. I mean, he did the Ricky O, which was his big movie in '91. Yeah, and then kind of after that, he seems to kind of go off the map. It looks like that he did one more film in '92 called The Cat, and like that was it. He was out. Ah. Um, but I mean, either way, I think I'm going down the rabbit hole. I want to see the, yeah. the movie about the dude who punches people till they explode. Absolutely. I just, I, I don't know where this guy could go at now that I've seen this film. It's well, just, and, and maybe I don't want to watch his cat movie. I don't want to, unless the cat is the one doing the harm. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see a bunch of cats get exploded. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see an explosive cat. I really don't. Although if this guy's directing it, maybe I do. We'll see. <laughs> Anyway, I think that will wrap it up for this week's episode. That was Mr. Vampire, 1985, and The Seventh Curse, 1986. Thanks so much, Rick, for bringing these films with you. Yeah, these were awesome. Thanks for having me. 
No problem at all. Uh, if you've got anything that you want to plug, you can do it here. But if you don't, you don't have to. <laughs> um, I'm good. Yeah? Okay, yeah. so what we're going to do is we're going to... I just learned that The Seventh Curse is somehow on Amazon Prime, at least in America. Wow. Really? Okay. Which is okay. I gotta so, find that quality yeah, file, bro. If if you so if you are living in the United States and it is available to you on Please Amazon watch Prime, it. then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because you can watch it in better quality than we watched it, and I'm jealous. Yeah. So absolutely, and I already loved it. Go and do that. So that will be the plug. Please go <laughs> yeah. watch. Go watch this movie. If not watch both, at least watch the Seventh Curse, and I would recommend watching Mr. Vampire too because it is yeah absolutely. Uh, something unique as well, but I would say the Seventh Curse really needs to be seen to be believed. So yes. if if that and if it's available to you in high quality on Amazon Prime in the U.S., then God damn it, yeah. you have I literally. How much if you saw what we saw? Yes. <laughs> um. So I think in one week's time, we are going to be back with a bonus episode for you guys, patrons, and we are going to be doing, as I hinted at earlier. We are going to be doing our Lucio Fulci episode. We have not talked yes. about Fulci on this show yet, but last October we, him. we did a Mario Bava episode and we did a Dario Argento episode. So it only makes sense that we got to do one one week of the Spooktober month. We do have to spend on an Italian horror. Yeah. So we did the Gates of Hell trilogy, the entire trilogy. It's a big episode. Uh, pre- prepare yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we did uh, City of the Living Dead, nineteen eighty, The Beyond, nineteen eighty one, and House by the Cemetery, also nineteen eighty one. The fact that he made all of those films seemingly within like a year or two of each other. And I would say if you if you only have time for one before the episode, I would say The Beyond, and I think Josh would also agree with. I that. would agree. But watch all three. I would agree. And if you can only do two, I would say make it house by the cemetery, yeah. which is not necessarily uh, what I saw was the collective opinion. A lot of people preferred city, but really, I, saw that too, I yeah. gotta say, I really, I really dug house by the cemetery as well. Mm. So either way, sure. we dive into it in full Lucio Fulci, Italian gore maestro, um, but also a guy who was very disrespected in Italy yes. and not hailed in the way that he should have been so we as had to a guy, put some respect very on well name. versed in fine art and in people like Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft as well and did some amazing horror stories so yeah. get ready for that and then in two weeks time we are going to be back for the free listeners with a guest uh, we are going to be doing continuing this spooktober journey Michael Powell's Peeping Tom nice from 1960 which is a film I haven't seen, but it is about apparently some sort of photographer that takes some racy photographs of women, uh, and it has something to do with him possibly shooting or seeing a murder, and it turns into a bit of a murder mystery kind of like. Oh God! Always you, love these premises. Oh man, I don't want to say anything, but that is an incredible movie. Yeah, okay, really well we are psyched. Oh, yeah, I don't. You haven't seen it either. I right, haven't Josh? seen it either. Yeah. But someone, uh, our guest picked that one out, and they are pairing it with kind of uh, an off-kilter choice, but one that I was happy to indulge, uh, 8mm by Joel Schumacher. Uh, the film stars with Nicolas Cage, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, and James My Gandalf boy. Feeney. And it sounds like it involves possibly some sort of innocuous reel of film that turns out to possibly be something a little... Uh, supernatural possibly has snuff footage on it or something like that Mm -hmm. and it turns into a bit of kind of like a mystery thriller 
in involving a reel of film uh, and I'm that's always, possibly killing people. Always curious to see what t- what tone we're gonna get from Nicolas Cage. It's always interesting. <laughs> you never know. Have and you seen Eight Millimeter? I have not seen Eight okay. Millimeter, and this is Joel Schumacher post his Batman films that he did. Oh, okay. So I'm, Here we go. I'm curious how how that goes. But that's what you yeah. guys can expect for your Spooktober episode in two weeks' time. Anyway, I think that will wrap it up. Thanks, as always, for listening, and keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy.